sexuality through embracing the healing magic of sensual dance and holistic sexual wellness. Are you ready to embody your most passionate, independent, and sexually liberated self? Beautiful babe. Now press play. It's you. Welcome back to the Sovereign Bodies podcast and welcome to the first ever episode of the year. I sincerely hope that you had a great start to 2022. Despite a lot of the cosmic occurrences, if you're into astrology, you know what I'm talking about. Hello, Venus retrograde, Mercury retrograde, and all those Pluto placements happening. Um, I hope you're holding in there. If you have been following me for a while, or if you have seen my first episode, which aired last November, you're probably wondering, what the fuck happened to this bitch? (laughs) Honestly, because I stopped producing content early November, right after I launched this podcast. I know, kind of embarrassing. I'm like, ooh, look at this podcast. I just released it. And then radio silence. Sorry. (laughs) But I'm going to get real with you guys. Creating a podcast wasn't as easy as I hoped it was going to be. And that was mostly because I was still figuring out my personal branding. If you don't know, I actually work with a personal branding coach. Her name is Sheila Fuentes. You can check her out on Instagram. And what I love about her is that she really incorporates intuitive business strategies. And also she uses astrology and human design, which I find really beautiful. So really at the beginning of my personal brand journey, I've tried as much as I could to be aligned to my cosmic um, blueprint. And I learned so much. And the thing is with personal branding... And with life, I guess, in general, it's always going to be about editing and realigning. I remember reading this quote by Ernest Hemingway. Well, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was along the lines of like writing isn't actually where the magic happens. The magic happens in the editing process. And yeah, I think a lot of us, we stick so much to our first draft of what we want to do in life. And then when we start to edit that draft and change our minds, we feel like we've failed. But actually, that's not true because that's just the editing process. And that's exactly where the magic happens. So with me and my personal brand and this podcast even, it's been a huge editing process since launching. Hence, (laughs) my slight rebrand of this podcast as well as my personal brand. That's where I am now. And that's why it's taking me so long. Honestly, guys, 
June. I started in June and it's January. So it's more than a year has passed and I'm still kind of like discovering my personal brand. And I think that's perfectly fucking okay. I actually shared a post on Instagram. So what I said was, whatever stage you are in your life, you are allowed to pivot. Treat your critical life choices like you would treat sexual consent. Remember the acronym FRIES. Fries as in like um, French fries. <laughs> the F stands for freely given. The R stands for reversible. The I stands for informed. The E stands for enthusiastic. And the S stands for specific. And this is the exact framework that Planned Parenthood actually uses when they educate people on sexual consent. When you look at this, I think for me, the hardest part about consent and about making decisions is the R part, which is the reversible. A lot of the times we always think that, you know, if we make a decision, that's the final decision. We can't change it, especially for sexual consent. If you're in the middle of sex, for example, and you decide, oh, I don't want to have sex anymore. You feel like you can't take back that consent you gave, which is always not true. I've been in that situation, guys, where I was like really deep into the, the sex part or at least in the in the foreplay part and then all of a sudden I'm just like um, I actually don't want to do this and I fucking get you guys it's so hard to just be true to your word and be like uh actually you know what I changed my mind anyway what I was trying to say is that you should treat making life decisions like you would treat giving somebody sexual consent because again it is reversible Which brings me to the topic of today's episode, which is New Year's resolutions. Specifically, what my New Year's resolution is. And I'm pretty sure you can tell from the title, but my New Year's resolution is actually to practice intentional celibacy. Now, I know you're probably wondering, what is intentional celibacy? All you have to know, and I quote... Intentional celibacy is the conscious decision of refraining from giving your precious body, heart, time, and energy to anyone you may be attracted to for a specific period of time to redirect all that focus and energy onto yourself. The purpose is to learn to fulfill your own needs, get to know your true self, reclaim your power, and cultivate happiness from within, being on your own. It's simply a journey of falling in love with yourself. So I love this quote so much. It's actually by the lovetheory.co. Yeah, that's pretty much what intentional celibacy actually means. It's just refraining from sex and sexual pleasures with another person. But that actually means exploring your sexuality within yourself. So essentially I'm not really going to be refraining from pleasure. You might be thinking I'm going to be like a fucking nun. I'm going to be more sexually stimulated I guess but this is going to be coming from within. It's going to be cultivating my own sexual sovereignty through getting to know myself first instead of giving myself up to somebody else. And because you know it's always going to be different when you fuck yourself and when you fuck somebody else because there's a lot of different factors into play and holy shit i'm going to go deep into the karmic and energy factors of sex in a minute in the next section of this podcast but 
Yeah, um, just cultivating your own safe space within yourself is what intentional celibacy is about. And that's exactly what I'm trying to achieve in this year. And that is honestly because I realized at the end of last year that I was actually deeply hurt by all the things that I have been carrying in my life, like especially in my sex life. And I'm not going to go over here and beat myself up for the previous mistakes that I have made. It happened. And honestly, I feel like I'm a better person after it. However, it doesn't mean that the trauma is completely gone. It still manifests in my day-to-day life. And that's why I wanted this year specifically to be about healing. And how this came about really was because I was in therapy (laughs) and I'm actually in therapy because of a lot of things, but mostly anxiety related things. And I really discovered in one of the sessions that I have a huge problem trusting. And at the beginning, I thought it was just like, oh, I just can't trust other people. And I was deep diving into that. Like, why can't I trust people? Why can't I, why can't I just let things be and go with the flow? And that really led me to believe, actually, that the reason I don't trust people and the reason why I try to micromanage everything was because I just simply don't trust myself. And that really hit hard. It was a huge aha moment because I started to realize, wow, like this is why I'm such a perfectionist. This is why I keep trying to micromanage everything in my life because I don't trust myself. And it really goes back to my sexual decisions, which is so funny because you're thinking like, what does planning for work have to do with the sexual decisions that I've made in the past? Well, honestly, I have some history with sexual assault and I have some history with sexual coercion actually which is another monster in itself but I didn't realize that the manifestation of my previous sexual decisions is happening in my day-to-day life is happening in my anxiety because I just simply don't trust myself and that is because I've made a lot of poor decisions in the past where I put myself in danger That's why I just don't trust myself. I don't feel comfortable making decisions. I don't feel like I've got my back because I haven't protected myself very well in the past. And that made me feel really sad because the one relationship you'll always have is with yourself. And if that relationship is pretty fucked up, then, you know, you won't really have a a good foundation and trust in any kind of relationship is so important and the fact that I don't trust myself is so upsetting to me because it means I can't love myself completely and look I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about but if you're in this situation as well like think about if you're a perfectionist or think about if you always need to micromanage and feel like you need to be in control of situations And think about the experiences you have that made you this way and made you feel like you just don't trust yourself. Because I've learned from therapy and personal experience that the people who don't trust other people actually don't trust themselves. So it really made me look at control freaks in a different way. I used to think like, oh, it's just so funny. They're just like so type A trying to control everyone. 
But actually, it's actually deeper than that. It's about they need to control everyone and they need to control their own schedule and their own lives because they feel like they're going to make a decision that will cost them something, that will make that will put them in harm's way. That is the basis of my New Year's resolutions. You always have to start with an intention and my intention is to heal my relationship with myself and to gain back that trust. And I'm going to do that through intentional celibacy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, this is going to be a whole topic, um, but I'm excited to dive into it because I think it's a very under-talked-about topic and easily misunderstood. So actually, fun fact, this is my second attempt at doing this. I told myself last year that I was going to do this. The thing is, like back in 2020, I was celibate, but not voluntarily. You know, I was not consciously celibate. It was more like the situation just called for it so it was pandemic so of course I didn't really have anyone to fuck right so but then last year in 2021 I was like okay I'm gonna take this into my own hands anyway since it's kind of kind of still pandemic I'm just gonna do this completely I'm gonna be intentionally celibate and I (laughs) succeeded for a couple of months and then for some reason the universe sent me some people to fuck and I'm like okay well shit (laughs) so uh, yeah this is my second attempt at doing this and that's okay because I feel like now I know that yes I'm actually easily distracted from this goal so I'm gonna try my best to stick to this goal and short disclaimer when I mean intentional celibacy and you know not having sex I don't actually mean the whole year because I'm going to be honest with you, that's kind of a lot, a long time, but I just mean I want to be celibate until I've healed my relationship with myself so I can open myself up to other people without feeling like I'm going to put myself in danger. And hopefully that won't take too long. Why we stop trusting ourselves after sexual assault is because we feel like we let something bad happen to us. So thing is, when we're talking about victim and predator, the media always makes it seem like, okay, if the predator is, or if he, if we've gotten justice from that, then everything's good. But the truth is, as victims ourselves, we also feel like predators. We put ourselves in that situation. Even though everybody and their mothers are going to say that it's not your fault, it's not your fault. And it's true, it really isn't our fault. But there's always going to be a part of ourselves that blame, that blames ourselves. And yeah, you have to acknowledge it. Even though you say it's not your fault, it's not your fault. Yes, of course, it's not your fault. But sometimes it really is going to feel like your fault. And that's where this whole not trusting yourself thing starts. Think about it. It's like, It's like somebody else. Let's say somebody betrays your trust, right? It'll be hard for you to trust them again, right? So in essence, if you've done that to yourself, whether it was unintentional or intentional, you still need to address that you have broken your trust with yourself and it needs to be repaired in a proper way instead of like 
pushing it to the side and compartmentalizing it. Because if you do that, the psyche has to be heard, as Shallon Lester says. If it doesn't come up, it's going to come up in other areas of your life. And mostly it's going to come up with anxiety. So this whole micromanaging and anxiously trying to control things is just another way your psyche is telling you that, you, well, bitch, I don't trust you. But because of that, it feels like we are always looking over our shoulders and kind of waiting for the shoe to drop, waiting for us to make a decision or a move that will betray ourselves. Going back to my intentional celibacy um, goal, I just actually want to read from my birth chart, specifically with my Saturn placement, because it really shows me what my challenges are. And if you guys know your full birth chart, I would recommend you guys check out your Saturn placement because that's the area of discipline and challenges. What it says in my birth chart about how I can combat this, combat all my challenges, three things. One, being intentional with my energy. Two, tuning in to my intuition. And three, trusting the universe and surrendering to divine plan. I fucking love this. I remember reading my chart by my personal brand coach, Sheila. Hi again. But reading it and going like, oh my God, this is exactly what I need in my life right now. And this is exactly how I can heal this like wounded feminine energy inside of me. So if you read through those three points, you realize that what's really calling to me right now is, in, is intentional celibacy. And I'm going to discuss with you how I'm planning to tackle these three resolutions right after the break. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I just wanted to pop in real quick to talk a little bit about today's sponsors. One of which is actually the platform I use to help me monetize this particular podcast. It's called Podmetrics, and it's a platform that allows you to have full control of how you monetize your podcast. You can collab with brands and choose between the many merchants that fit your podcast audience. It also gives you tips and samples on how to execute your ads properly to maximize your earning potential. Plus, you can track how many of your listeners you were able to convert and how much you've earned in real time. So, if you're a podcaster, Make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the description box of this episode and use my referral code, Sovereign Bodies. That's S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-B-O-D-I-E-S. So you can monetize your podcast as well. And now, back to the episode. So what exactly am I going to be doing if I say that I'm going to practice intentional celibacy? Because it's so much more than just sitting down and not having sex. Because that's not doing any work. That's just abstinence, which is not the point of intentional celibacy. 
the point, like I mentioned a while ago, is to heal myself and to build my relationship back up with myself, right? So some of the practices that I'm going to be focusing on this year are threefold. So first one is self-pleasure, of course. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know that I'm quite vocal about self-pleasure on the internet. However, what I am going to be specifically focusing in self-pleasure is not the quick fix. Because a lot of people think self-pleasure is just getting a vibrator and coming whenever they want. The way I would approach self-pleasure is a way of discovering how you want to be treated in bed. You know the saying, how you treat yourself is the way others will eventually treat you. So the way you fuck yourself is also the way other people will fuck you. And ladies, let's get real here. If you want a vibrator, what do you usually do? Usually when you get that itch to use a vibrator, you just go to the room, turn on the vibrator, and then come in five minutes. Essentially, you're giving yourself a fucking quickie. And there's no foreplay. There's nothing. You're just like, just want get, to get it over with. You're like, okay, I just want to get it over with. That is such an awful way to treat yourself. And if you think about it in a way like if a guy would do that to you or if a girl, if that's what you're into, like if a, if a sexual partner would do that to you, like, hey, I'll just fuck you for five minutes and then come and that's, that's it. No, no emotion, no foreplay, no nothing. That's the only way you're going to be doing it. Would you honestly want to do it again? Would you honestly say that you like this sexual relationship that you've entered with this person who is essentially just giving you a quickie and running like it's sex and run and odds are you're probably not going to want that right so if that's not what you want then why are you doing it to yourself yeah exactly that's my point so that is why I have slight beef with vibrators because they're such a quick fix and I'm not saying I don't like vibrators. I think they're amazing. It's just with great power comes great responsibility. So I would honestly recommend, like for me at the moment, I'm doing yoni egg practice. So it's another way of self-pleasure, but actually it's so much more than self-pleasure. It has a lot to do like with Kegel. I think you call it Kegel. It's, it's strengthening the muscle. One of the practices that I'm going to be actively participating in with my intentional celibacy journey is self-pleasure, right? However, it's going to be self-pleasure without the goal of always just finishing, of always just coming, because that's not the point. The point of pleasure is never just to come. Honestly, coming is like the cherry on top, but it's never really the goal. It's never really the end thing. And honestly, I've noticed like when I when I give myself quickies with vibrators, I don't feel satisfied. Like after coming, after giving myself a vibrator quickie, I usually feel like crap, to be honest. I don't feel great. So that's why I'm not going to use vibrators for now. Just because I want to develop my pleasure senses through yoni eggs and honestly just sensuality in general, breast massages, oils, all kinds of foreplay. I think what I need to do is to self-pleasure 
and practice foreplay. There's still a lot that goes into foreplay and that's what I also want to discover with myself. I think I want to go slow and start first with foreplay and then yoni egg practice. And if I have developed a sense for my pleasure, that's when I'm going to start including the vibrator because I think vibrators are so great if you already know how you want to be pleasured. And on the topic of foreplay is actually where sensual dance comes in. If you didn't know, I'm actually a bachata sensual dancer. If you dive really deep into the origins of bachata sensual, it's actually meant to be almost a foreplay. I remember that's what my teacher, my first ever teacher told me. It's like, you know, bachata, a lot of people think it's just like a dance, but it's really meant I mean, not bachata. I mean, bachata sensual specifically is meant to be foreplay, which I feel like is so amazing. And that's how I approach bachata sensual, to be honest. Like, that's how I approach my dancing is that if you just know at the back of your mind, like, okay, this dance is meant to be a foreplay, it kind of hits you a different way. It kind of makes you dance in another way. It's not just like, okay, I'm here to perform. It's more like, Mm, yeah, this is supposed to be foreplay. Like, I'm supposed to be feeling pleasure every time I dance this. So, I digress. What that means is I will be incorporating my central dance practice into my foreplay and self-pleasure practice, to be completely frank. I already do that. It's something I've already known. I started my bachata sensual journey already knowing that this is supposed to be foreplay, it's supposed to be very sensual, it has to be pleasurable. And I did start out that way. But I've noticed lately, specifically, I think, because it's getting a little bit more professional for me, I have been teaching, actually, co-teaching with my dance partner every Saturday. So if you guys are listening and you're living in the Philippines, I have a class in BGC every Saturday at 6 p.m., like a just a small plug (laughs) but yeah I have been doing it more professionally and to be honest it's been great but I feel like it made me forget the roots of bachata and made me see it as more technical dance always has technicalities but I think the whole pleasure aspect was a bit lost with me and I have this idea I have this formula where I'm going to be doing both of these things like central dance and self-pleasure i kind of want to develop a framework which i'm working on right now incorporating both avenues of self-pleasure and technical dance that is basically (laughs) before i go on another tangent this is again another episode for another day because i think central dance is such a big part of my framework so don't worry i'll be discussing more about this soon but for now it's going to be included in my self-pleasure practice. So that's number one, self-pleasure. And number two, another thing that I'm going to be working on in this whole intentional celibacy journey is actually somatic consent. So what is somatic consent, you might be wondering. So I'm pretty sure you're familiar with what consent is. It's basically the art of giving permission to somebody. What is different? between regular consent and somatic consent is that it uses psychosomatics and it uses the body more than actually the mind. Consent is never really given by the mind. It's always given by the body. You will always feel 
in your body, whether it's a yes or it's a no. And this kind of goes back into being aware and having intuition. A lot of people are like, okay, I want to connect to my intuition. It connects to my intuition. But the best way you can honestly connect your intuition is through the body. And it's been said so many times already, like psychosomatics is basically this psychological study of the mind-body. Psychosomatics is something I have been studying since uh, September, and it's been so empowering for me. So this brings me to somatic consent. So somatic consent is being able to feel in your body when it's a yes and when it's a no. So I've attended a lot of consent labs, and they're so, so powerful. A consent lab is essentially group therapy on developing your consent, like consent cues specifically, and being able to determine if it's a yes and a no in your body and also practicing that because you really have to feel it. You develop that muscle to be able to determine if it's a yes, if you want to say yes and you want to say no. Because there's a huge problem when we give consent through our mind because it's easily corruptible. Let's take relationship sex, for example. Let's say you're in a relationship with someone and you live with someone, right? And when you live with someone, you have access to this person sexually 24-7 in essence, right? But just because you're accessing one person does not mean sex is always on the table, right? Although sometimes we feel like just because we're in a relationship that sex is given. The problem with rationalizing consent is like this. So imagine your partner wants to have sex with you, but you just don't feel it. Your body's like, no. But your mind goes like, yeah, but he's my boyfriend. So why don't I want to have sex? Why can't I just have sex with him now? So you rationalize it and you're like, okay, let's have sex. But your body doesn't feel like it. See, that's where discrepancies happen because you're actually not honoring yourself, but you're just thinking like, okay, this is my boyfriend, so that's should, it's just automatic, right? It's supposed to be a yes. And that's the problem when we use our mind to give consent. And this is what's so powerful about somatic consent. Yes and no. It's about a full bodied yes and no. Essentially, somatic consent is a practice I want to develop through workshops, but also through my own practices because you can practice it on your own as well. Every time you make a decision, always feel in your body, is it a yes or is it a no? And it's a process that you're going to have to develop because it's not easy. You're going to falter a lot because your mind gets into it, but you have to stay true to your body. So we are going to wrap up this podcast now. Basically, what I want to wrap up with is the last point in what I feel like I need to learn, and that is trusting the universe and surrendering to divine plan. Easier said than done, right? But truth is, you can trust in a lot of things, but trusting in the uncertainty of things is hard. It's not easy. And that's what I feel like I need to learn is trust and surrender to the unknown, to the uncertain, because it's actually beautiful. Sadhguru says this. He's like, everything you want right now, 
every hope and every dream is just a product of your memory, of what you know. So let's say my dream right now is only a product of what I know from what I'm familiar to. And that's still quite limited. And he says, like, my hope for you is that your dreams don't come true. Because he believes that there's so much more to life and that you don't know and that you haven't experienced yet. So just be open to that and surrender to that. And that's what I want to learn. Something that I think, for example, I guess I can say from my own personal point of view, before, when I graduated, I actually wanted to travel and be a flight attendant. And then... I applied and, oh my God, this is such an awful, like, I feel like they objectified my body so many times. Like, this is a topic for another day, but I felt so objectified applying to be a flight attendant that it kind of crushed my self-esteem because there was this one airline where they weigh you before you go to an interview. And I was like on my period. So I was two pounds overweight. And the girl was like, oh, sorry, we can't interview you because you're two pounds overweight and I'm like fuck this so pissed anyway so um I felt like my dream to travel at to be a flight attendant wasn't achieved and I'm like oh my gosh that sucks and then fast forward to now I'm teaching dancing something that I never thought I would do not just any dancing, like Latin dancing, bachata dancing. That's something that I didn't think I could do solely because I wasn't a trained dancer growing up. I felt like to be a dance teacher, you have to be in a conservatory since you were eight or something like that. And yeah, I discovered Latin dancing. I discovered bachata and it's the most beautiful thing ever. But if you ask me three years ago what I wanted to do, I would say I want to be a flight attendant. But then, to be honest, I don't think I really wanted to be a flight attendant. I just wanted to travel. So this whole concept of surrendering to the universe and trusting that there's something better for you is so apparent and it's so true because right now, like, if you give me the option to be a flight attendant right now, I would not take it. I'm like, bitch, no. Because I want to be creative. I want to dance. I want to feel passion and fire. And I will not get that through flying, commercial flights. I feel like I'm in a place right now where I'm happy with what I've achieved. And however, it's not something that I thought I could achieve or that I was conscious that I could even do. So this whole concept of trusting the universe and surrendering, it makes sense. It makes sense because... You know, like maybe I'm dreaming about doing something right now, but that's such a limited way of viewing things. Just learning to experience everything and just doing the steps that needs to be taken now is enough. I don't need to like create like this whole grand plan, although sometimes that's okay, but not to be so rigid with it and to just keep holding on to it so tightly like a death grip to your desires it's always important to yeah learn to surrender because you never know there are so much better things than you could ever imagine and that brings me to the end of today's episode so if you've made it this far thank you so much for tuning in i love you and i will see you in next week's episode 
Thank you, beautiful soul, for tuning in and sharing your energy with me today. If you resonated with this episode in any way, I would love to hear your thoughts. Do send me a message or voice note over on my Instagram at Carissa Regaliza so we can connect and maybe I can even feature you on next week's episode. But before we part ways, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcast. And always remember that you are the exclusive ruler over your own body and life. Bye now.